May 16th, 2023. We're in Masechet Beza on Daf Yod Chet Amud Aleph. If you count from the bottom of the Amud upward, it's 17 lines up, right in the middle of the line with the Rashet Tevotaf Shin Tashema. If you recall, the situation is such that we're dealing with our Mishnah, where the Mishnah told us that there's an Isur, there's a prohibition, Midrabanan, to take uh, utensils and to dip them on Yom Tov. What's the purpose? What's the reason for that uh, restriction of the rabbis? Rabbah has been the opinion we've been dealing with until now, and Rabbah stated that it's a gezerah, it's an enactment, a restriction from the rabbis. If we permit a person to take their items and dip them into the mikveh, we're nervous that they in turn might go to a mikveh, that they have to carry in in a public domain in order to do so. What about Yom Tob, where carrying is permitted, says Rabbah, it's a gezerah, that's a very strong and wide one. It applies to all situations, even if it's not applicable per se to Yom Tob. We apply it to Yom Tob atu because of the fear of Shabbat. What about if the mikveh is in your backyard? You don't need to pass through a public area. Gezerah, again, it's a larger, stronger restriction that includes even situations that are out of the norm, even situations that would not bring about this violation. means to say, Rabbi is teaching us, this gezerah is a strong gezerah. It's a gezerah which will incorporate and involve within it even further reaching circumstances. That being the case, the Gemara question, do we really make such a gezerah in this situation? I have several proofs. First, Abaye, and now the Gemara itself, without Abaye's weighing in. I pr- several proofs against you, Rabbah, from which I can understand that when it comes to immersing, dipping utensils on Yom Tov, it's true, we forbade it, but we didn't go so far. We had leniencies that were connected. How do you explain those leniencies? Shouldn't we make a gezerah that's strong and can't be broken under any circumstances? That was the implication of your statement, Rabbah. So here's the latest. Tashema says the Gemara, come and listen to the statement of Rav. As I mentioned yesterday, a statement of Rav in the Gemara. Well, his name already suggests it. He's Rav. He's the rabbi. Any statement from Rav we take very seriously. We consider him, so to speak, the Rav of Kol Bnei HaGolai. He was the rabbi of Bavil to a certain extent. have to take it into account and consideration. All the other proofs we bought, brought on this Amud or from Beraita, from Mishnah, from earlier generations, several hundred years up. Rav is uh, somewhat close to being a contemporary, and nonetheless, his words are very strong with regards to this. You have to resolve your words, Rabbah, and square them with Rav. De Amar Rav Barashi Amar Rav Nida Begadim. So if you call this the case we were dealing with, we began at the end of class yesterday. It's a woman whose menstrual period has, uh, is, is, is finished on Yom Tov, and as a result, she's going to immerse herself on Yom Tov. Now, that's not the issue we were dealing with. In the Mishnah, we saw very clearly, Beti Leil told us, that a person is allowed to immerse on Yom Tov. That's not the issue. So then, what are we dealing with? How's this going to be approved? The next words are the telling ones. Ma'aremet vetovelet bebegadeha. Now, her immersion again for herself, the Mishnah told us for one reason or another, which we'll address later on this Amud, is permitted, according to Beit Hillel. The utensils, the clothing she's wearing, should be prohibited. But she doesn't have another pair of clothing. She doesn't have, well, not a pair, she doesn't have another set of clothing, which is tahor. And understand again, if she was a nida, her clothing in turn are temeim, 
When she doesn't have another set of clothing, she now has to make her way to the mikveh. She's going to immerse in the mikveh. She'll come out and, well, have to get dressed. She has to get dressed in her clothing, which was already tameh because she was, involved, she was wearing them. She didn't really solve all that much. What can she do in such a circumstance? The, the, the statement of Rav is, ma'aremet v'tovelet bebegadeha. She can be sly, she can do it in a conniving, halachically permissible way. She can go into the mikveh, she can enter into whatever body of water she's dipping, immersing in, while she's wearing the clothing. Now, needless to say, the clothing needs to be very loose-fitting. If the clothing are tighter fitting, then it's a problem, as uh, Rabbi just said, of hatzitzah, of separation between her body and the water. As long as it's looser fitting, it's permitted, okay? But still, why is this permitted? In this, sir, what's that? Again, maybe we should argue that in such a situation she can't be tovelet. She has to stay tamir until after Yom Tov. Because she doesn't have another pair of clothes. There is no way of getting around it. Maybe tevila on Yom Tov should only be permitted if you somehow have left for you over there another pair of clothing, another set of clothing. I, I hear what you're saying. First, and, and indeed it is the words, She'en la begadim, but ultimately speaking, we maybe should say to her, you should have borrowed before the holiday. We found cases of that sort in the past. We say to turn to another person. Over here, it's too late. I'm already at the mikveh, and I can't carry the clothing to there per se, although you could. Get another pair of clothing, get another set of clothing. And then you don't have a set of clothing. We're really stuck in that situation. Not another person, not another way to... I know the words are she'en la begadim. There's absolutely no other way. And if it is the case, yeah, in that situation, which is so far-fetched, maybe we would say wait until after Yom Tov. Right. Correct. Well, we'll make her tameh. By extension. Again, in terms of this tumah, so it'll be relevant for you. Uh, in today's day and age, for Kohanim, that's not your issue. You're not dealing with such far and extended and distant uh, um, tumah. You're dealing with tumah from the Avha, tumah today. They're not dealing with anything more. But once upon a time, sure, we had to be careful about this. Much, many, if not most of the laws of Nida are really built with that consideration. The actual tumah. Uh, what about the, 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 the underlying logic over here? Rashi... Rashi, four lines down in the wide lines of Rashi, writes, She'en la begadim, tehorim, lehahalif, velilbosh ahar tevilata, vahayom yom tob, veena yechola lehatbilet elu she'alea. So Rashi spells out for us the case. Next, Rashi, seven lines down in the wide lines of Rashi, ma'aremet vetovelet keshehi levusha, she has to be conniving and sly as she's dressed in order to go into the mikveh. And the tevila will be ola, will count for afla kelim, even for her clothing. There's the third one, Jared. It's the third time Rashi in our sugya says, and we don't have a concern and a consideration that she's fixing something. Right. Who's talking about fixing? 
These are the questions on Rashi. Our sukya has at no point, our passage in the Gemara has at no point mentioned anything about fixing. We'll see another opinion, that of Rava, later on our page, who mentions fixing. We're right now dealing with the issue of carrying. Rashba and other of the Rishonim and, and later Mepharshim. Again, the issue is that the clothing, that the utensils are tameh. Why are you not allowed to immerse clothing utensils on Yom Tov? That was the question of our Gemara. The first answer was because you might be carrying in Rashut Tarabim. We never mentioned anything about fixing. Rashi throughout the sugya, I'm just showing it again, keeps saying the reason that one's permitted is because it's not clear that you're fixing. I clear you're fixing? Who's talking about fixing? The whole issue is about carrying. He seems to somehow be interlinking these two things. The carrying for Rabbah is connected to the fact that it seems or it's clear to others that you're fixing. All right, regardless, I just wanted to call that to attention for the last time of Rashi on our Amud, the difficulties. Back to our Gemara. So the issue over here is, says the Gemara back in it, maybe 15 lines from the bottom, vi'im ita, and if it's so, Rabbah, if your claim that this Gezerah, this restriction, this prohibition with regards to immersing dipping utensils on Yom Tov is so strong, Nigzor, the Rabbis, should have made a Gezerah, Dilma Atela Atpuleh Be'enayu. Maybe, Dilma, maybe the person will come, Ateh will come, Le'atbuleh, to dip, to immerse, Be'enayu. Be'ayin again means on its own. Maybe you'll take the clothing and immerse them on their own. If I'm permitting the woman to go to the mikveh while the clothing's on her, and yeah, it's really for her, but her clothing becomes purified as a result, I should have a fear. After all, you told me, Rabbi, we have a lot of fears with regards to this gezerah. We made a strong, wide-reaching, far-reaching gezerah. Answers the Gemara, Shaneh Hatam, that case of the woman and the mikveh, and her clothing is different, Shaneh, different, Hatam, over there. Mitoch shelohutra la... Since, ultimately speaking, the woman is only permitted, and she's aware of this, to immerse herself with the clothing in order to purify the clothing, she'll remember that she can't take the clothing on their own. It's so different, the action of her going into the mikveh with the clothing on and realizing this no way resembles the way I would normally deal with this. I would normally deal with this by taking the clothing off. Over here, you say to her, what are you doing? Anyone who looks at her says, well, if they could see her, they say, what is she doing? She's dipping herself. It's no confusion over here. Other cases, there's a confusion. Uh, you're doing the same action, it's Shabbat or it's Yom Tov. You're doing the same action, it's in your backyard or it's uh, in Rishut Rabim. Over here, it's not the same action at all. Over here, the action is she's dipping herself. The fear is she'll dip the clothing. When she dipped herself, she happened to have been dipping the clothing, but if you ask her, what are you doing? She says, I'm dipping myself, and as a result, my clothing are becoming tahor. As a result, says the Gemara, this gezerah, this restriction, uh, doesn't need to extend to be also to, to, uh, to prohibit even this case. A person won't make such a mistake. Yes, Charles? Does it make any point that, that it might be concerned for carrying the clothes? Um, she's wearing the clothing over here. I mean, you're, you're even further removed now. In other words, the issue on Yom Tov of taking something to dip it, according to Rabbah, is maybe you'll carry the item. Over here, fundamentally, she's going for herself and she happens to be wearing the clothing. You're not really going to find the case because we're at no point permitting her to go withholding her clothes. I mean, that's really the, the answer of the Gemara suffices to answer your question. 
Right, so your question is, but maybe she'll carry clothing. On Yom Tov. Which is fine. Of the, if it's clean clothing that she's carrying to the mikveh, so there's no mistaking it. Words, if I'm going to your house and I'm carrying something, we don't say on Yom Tov I'm going to be gozer that I can't carry it because I might do it on Shabbat. It's permitted on Yom Tov. The only issue is if you're carrying it in order to dip it, so if I'm doing that on, on Yom Tov, I might in turn come to do that on Shabbat, the same type of action. Over here, if you tell me she's carrying clean clothing, wouldn't have such an issue. Since the clothing which is impure are on her, we don't, yeah. they're worried about going back to carrying on Yom Tov, that they might carry on Shabbat. That's what he told us at the top of the Amud, Rabbah, because the Gemara questioned, if your whole issue is carrying, oh, that's only on Shabbat. I said, Yom Tov, Atu Shabbat. But what I'm explaining to you is, only if you're doing the same action on, on, on Yom Tov as you would on Shabbat, which is purposeful, you know, so to speak. It uh, says the Gemara, uh, that's, uh, that concludes for all intents and purposes the opinion of Rabbah. So he warded off all the challenges. He does hold his place. Uh, the poske halakha, as we'll see, as we'll discuss, did not exactly uh, embrace his opinion, though. Um, go ahead. So if the woman needs, she didn't have clean clothes before Shabbat. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to know whether this halakha of ma'aremet v'tovelet is only applicable on Yom Tov or if it's even applicable on Shabbat. That's, that's your question? A little different. Shabbat's coming. She doesn't have any non-hamed clothes. She wants... She, she's dirty. She did. She's, she's clean. She has no clothes for Shabbat. Mm-hmm. She, ha, what's she wearing right now? Yeah, she has home. Because she has... No, she's got to wear what she's wearing. I understand. Special, special clothing for Shabbat. Yeah, no. Tosafot, uh, two lines, two Tosafots from the bottom. Ma'aremet Well, in that situation, you recall if she, if the keli became tameh before Yom Tov, it was on Yom Tov, it became permitted. Right, it was only if it was tameh. Ma'aremet v'tovelet. That's right. It's, you know, that's, well, actually, men are allowed, but the, the clothing aspect of it, because if your clothing is tamei, you not you don't have to dip. It's not actually to dip. Um, uh, understood, but no. But if the person is going, for argument's sake, to take a to take a dip, and it could look like he's going to take a dip, anything that could be easier. Why not? Again, the whole issue over here is. It may have been, as Rashi says, may have looked wrong, may have looked like Metaken or something like that, which would have said us. You don't even have that to begin with by a man. Tosafot wonders otherwise, says, okay, so you'd solved your issues with regards to dipping this gezera and all that sort of business, but wait a second, we should have another issue. Tosafot ma'aremet v'tovelet bebegadeha tema, says Tosafot. It's a question. Hainu shirya, this is considered immersing clothing in water. Ushiriya asura, you're not allowed to immerse clothing in water on Shabbat or Yom Tov for a different reason. Mipeneshehu mechabes u melaben. 
The issue in this circumstance is what's called mechabesu melaben. Libun is uh, translated as laundering. You're not allowed to launder, you're not allowed to clean something. And the Gemara, the Amrina, and the Gemara elsewhere tells us, shiriyato zohi kibuso. By just immersing an item which is dirty in clothing, in, in, um, in water, or maybe even in other beverages of some sort or another, there's a problem of kibus, of libun. It's one of the 39 melachot. What's that? That's not libun. We're dealing with clothing over here. Yeah, a dish is the, the... No, no, it's okay. The stuff on the dish is on top of the dish. Over here, it's inside of the fabric. So that's going to be shiria, which is kibbutz. V'yesh lamar, answers Tosafot, de'ho'il de'have derech tinuf sh'are. Says Tosafot, since the mikveh uh, that you're going into... Not really. Uh, I mean, I, nothing against our very clean mikvaot. It's not where I would choose to clean myself. It's not to say that it's not chlorinated today and it doesn't have a certain cleanliness. I still think, I still know, that if a person goes into the mikveh, they come out, unless they're feeling very spiritual and pure, uh, they go into the shower afterwards. Why are they going into the shower afterwards? Because it's not considered a derech uh, um, uh, uh, of cleanliness, a per se. It's rather derech tinuf, says Tosafot. The issue of cleaning something, of laundering something, would not apply in the context of derech tinuf, of filth or of dirtiness. Tosafot Masechet Shabbat and Davkof Yodalef asks the same question and answers it in the other direction. We can complement one with the other, says Tosafot. Imagine the woman going in. Her clothing are not per se dirty. Her clothing are just impure. There's nothing, you look at the clothing, she's wearing beautiful clothing. There was no stain on the clothing because it's impure. It just touched her while she was in Nida and she needed to purify the clothing. As a result, says Tosafot, you don't have an issue of shiriyato zohi kibuso. You don't have an issue of this melacha called libun when it comes to clean items. You have it only when it comes to non-clean items. Can't do so. Yes. What do you want me to tell you? Or she'll stand outside and wait for it. Yeah. What, 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 what choice do we have? Again, Tosafot's question. Tosafot's answer is there is no libun over here. It's not, not really that cleaning. there's no haramah, it's not cleaning. Why is it there no libun because of its agav me? Because it's a milah, because it's a neorah. Libun is libun from the Torah. Libun is an isum in the Torah. Even if, even if it's davar sheno mitkaven, it's going to be psikreshe deni halen. You're going to be interested in it becoming laundered. You'd have an issue. All right, continues the Gemara, and the Gemara brings us to different approaches with regards to this, uh, this Isur. We're dealing with this Isur of Hatbalat Kelim Biyom Tov, and all we've seen until now is the opinion of Rabbah. We have many other approaches here in the Gemara. The next approach is Rav Yosef. Says the Gemara about 12 lines from the bottom. Rav Yosef Amar, Gezera Mishum Sechita. The issue with regards to immersing utensils, dipping utensils on Yom Tov is Sechita. Uh, what's sechita? Sechita means squeezing. We fear that the person will squeeze the item they immersed. I understand you're all going to ask that's only by clothing. It's the next question of the Gemara. First and foremost, before we deal with that next question, the Gemara, what's the problem with squeezing on Yom Tov or on Shabbat? 
There's one of two problems. Beit Yosef delineates this in Siman Shin Kaf, but it's found in many places in Talmud and in Poskim. It's one of two issues with regards to squeezing on Shabbat or Yom Tov. Either, as Morris said, it's Melechet Disha or Mefarek, which is a Tolada, which means to say, Jared, you got it, which means to say by squeezing it, so to speak, you're breaking something down. If you crush something in Mefarek or in Disha, so too, when you take the water out, it's like crushing it. That's a problem. That's an issue. Alternatively, or at the same time, there's an issue of Libun. By squeezing, we see that as part of the cleaning process, and as a result, it'll pose a problem of libun. Sechita is a problem for one of those two reasons. You might ask, and you might be right, under circumstances, one of these two or both of them might not apply. What if it's dirty water that says you're squeezing it out, but it's making it dirtier? Okay, it might only be midrabananda and the libun. What if uh, the disha, the water that you're squeezing out, or whatever you're squeezing out, you're going straight down the drain. It's olech li'ibud. Then you wouldn't have a problem of mifarek, minha Torah. But fundamentally, that's what we're dealing with. When we say sehita, it's one of those two reasons that it's asur. Says Rav Yosef, in this situation, you have a gezerah. I know that you're bringing the items not in order to squeeze them, but we have a gezerah. Mishum sehita. Amale abaye tinach kelim de bnei sehita ninhu, kelim de la bnei sehita ninhu, responds Abaye to Rav Yosef. Abaye is really on everybody's case over here. And he says, listen, Tinach can understand. It's Noah, it's pleasant. I understand your approach. I can accept it. When it comes to kelim utensils that are bene sechita, that you can squeeze out. Uh, like what? Like clothing. However, kelim de la bene sechita. Mishnah says you're not allowed to immerse, you're not allowed to dip anything. What would you say? Why is that prohibited? Of course, Rav Yosef, we know the answer over here. Rav Yosef is going to say, do you understand this restriction, Abaye? This restriction is a strong restriction. It's a far and far-reaching and, and broad restriction. Where Gozer, the rabbi's restriction, was one that didn't just incorporate that which they were most specifically concerned about, but even in the peripheral uh, uh, situations, because you might come to the central one. In other words, even though the only specific issue is with regards to utensils and items that can be squeezed, uh, they were also the other ones, the same way we saw in Rabbah, Shabbat and Yom Tov, the same way we saw in Rabbah, the Mikveh and same answer, it says the Gemara, all right, if that's the case, don't get nervous, we're not going to actually rehash all of it. But if that's the case, Rav Yosef, that you're telling me, says Abaye to him, that this restriction is so strong, this Gezerah is, to the extent that even the further-fetched situations are Asur Etiveh, the response and questions of Abayetim, Kol all those questions we ask. Remember, a whole page of questions. Really? It's so strong? It's so severe? What about this? What about this? And what's the answer? And Rav Yosef answered all the same. Same answers. You know, so the Gemara just uh, points out for us over here, uh, don't get thrown off, uh, but understand that you have to go through the whole back and forth again, because he's just replacing one line over here. The one line, okay, the question is, why are keli masur lahatbil on yom tov? The answer is either, or or Gezerah Mishum Sechita. Oh, but wait a second. Gezerah Mishum Shemeyaviren will only apply in ABC case. Why are you including everything from D to Z? Answer is one larger Gezerah. I have a lot of questions on that. We really make such a Gezerah over here? You're doing the exact same thing on the Rav Yosef side. Rav Yosef, but the Gezerah is only applicable when you could squeeze the item. No, we include others as well. Really? Make such restrictions? What about all these questions that Rabbi asked? And the answers would all be the same. Says the Gemara onward. Next opinion, Rav the issue is means to wait. 
Now the issue specifically over here, Rashi, four li- five lines from the bottom, sharit le, if we permit, if you say it's mutar, le'atbulinhu, to immerse the utensils, biyom tob, mashhelehu, he will hold on to them, he will hesitate and wait, ad yom tob shu panui. Well, I don't know, erev yom tob, I'm still working. I don't want to use the tovel on erev yom tob. Ve'atebehu betoch kach lide takala lishtamesh ba'en terumah. And says Rashi, and Tosafot agrees in this, uh, on this notion, as do others, and says, and the issue in turn will be, what I'm going to do is, again, I have my many utensils, I have to dip them. My wife says, honey, go dip the utensils. I say, right, I'm very busy. I have lots of stuff going on. I'll do it on Yom Tov. Are you not allowed to do it on Yom Tov, according to this opinion? No, you're allowed to do it on Yom Tov. So then what's the issue? Maybe now I'll take my teruma items if I'm living in the Gindi household or in the towel household. Or the household. Maybe I'll take my teruma items and place them inside. Oh, that's a problem. If you placed your teruma items inside, keep in mind now you have a problem eating that teruma. So the problem over here is a person's laziness, the fact that they're going to leave it for Yom Tov, and as a result, they'll place items inside of it. Even my own teruma, which I'm going to give to the Gindis, I'll put inside of it. That's a problem. It, the Gezerah is, since you might be lazy and you're prone to procrastinate, or I said it a little bit more positively, you're working very hard during the week. As a result, you'll come to take Tirumah and let it become Tamir. And that's a problem. We don't want that. So we'd rather instead say, you can't do it on Yom Tov. You'll get it over with now and you'll never have such. What's that? Jesse, that's the whole issue of our Gemara. Why do you need to do it before Shabbat? Yeah. Again, the Gezerah is if we allow for you to do it on Yom Tov, you'll save it for Yom Tov. The Mishnah starts and says, Beit Hilel says you can't do it on Yom Tov. Why not? Because if we allow for you to do it on Yom Tov, you'll only do it on Yom Tov, and as a result, your items will stay out in your house, and someone, you or your wife, or someone else will forget and put Tiruman in it. Says, Wonderful question. Hold, hold, hold for a second, please. For a second. Tanya Kavate de Rabbebai says the Gemara. Really wonderful question. Give it a second. Tanya Kavate. Tanya is a Beraita. Kavate, which accords with Rabbebai. Keli, and I held back from saying you read Tosafot. Keli Shinitma Me'erev Yom Tob. If you have a utensil, which is Tameh from Erev Yom Tob. En Matbilin Otob Yom Tob. Says the Beraita explicitly. So the Beraita explicitly says the reason that Rav Bebai said. You have to imagine, he was very excited about this. He was Mechaven, he came up, like you were in Tosafot, he came up with the explanation that was given by the Beraita, by the Tanaim long before him. So we had Rabbah, we had Rav Yosef, we have Rav Bebai, and Rav Bebai taps into an earlier um, interpretation. Tosafot, two lines from the bottom, Gezerah Sheme Yeshe, Perush, says Tosafot, Ad Yom Tov, the person will, as Rashi told us, wait until Yom Tov to immerse the utensils, the vessels. Shu Panui, when you have time. Viavoli de Takala, and as a result, there'll be a travesty, there'll be a a stumbling block, a wrong situation. Lishta Meshpahen Tirumai, you'll by accident put Tirumai, because you have uh, impure utensils around your house. Aval says Tosafot, Adam. 
What about a human being? Our Mishnah, after all, told us that according to Beit Hillel, the human being is allowed to dip in the mikveh. It's only the utensils you're not allowed to. Why don't we make the same gezerah? A person was, I'm too busy to dip myself during the week. I'll just do it on Yom Tov. Aval Adam en Says to us, the psyche, the psychology of a person is a person doesn't like, even though they're not physically impure. They know they're impure. A person says, let me just, let me just deal with this. I don't want to stay impure all this time. I'm going to go and deal with it. No, no, but honey, you wait until the Yom Tov and you'll handle it. I don't want to. What's that? The odd has to be read as one sentence. I was bothered by this this morning, and I spent a f- yeah, few extra reason. minutes. It's yeah. not a sec- second reason. No, 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 it can't be. I mean, oh, unless you read it differently. It's yeah. a good question. I, I literally spent a few minutes, uh, not banging my head on, but aval adam in but it's the same. But it's the same thing. It's the same. It's the same first. That it goes like this: Adam and Mashiach Atzmol Litbol. Ve'od lo shayach. It's not ve'od kama lo shayach. Ve'od lo shayach. And as a result, there is no longer a problem. Lemehash that will fear li detakalakolkach. That's the way I think you have to read Tosaf. I don't think it's two separate. It's, it, there's no two separate answers going on up there. Okay. Anyway, that's what we have then in the Gemara. Three approaches. We have one more to come. Rava Amar, the one we've heard about, and Rashi has reminded us in some way or another throughout about it says Rava uh, the issue over here is it looks like it appears to the person and to others as if they're fixing something we have a milacha one of the 39 it's called you're not allowed to put the finishing touch on something to make its final fixing uh, uh, action in this circumstance, it's similar to that, even though you're not physically changing anything, even though from the Torah this is permitted, nir'ah, it appears as if it's mitaken keli, and as a result, uh, no, no, it's not hashad with regards to others. It's a gezerah, it's a gezerah. It's, 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 it's confusing for a person. That's nir'ah for the person. Uh, it's, it's, it's a... That's right. You have hashad and you have marit ayin, but over here the issue is it's confusing for the people since it appears to be mitaken keli, mitaken something. We won't allow for you to do it, irrespective of what others see or know. Of course, the Gemara's next question will be ihache adam name. If that's the case, a human being, according to you, Rava, also seems to be fixing himself by or herself by immersing in the mikveh. I will uh, just briefly and won't address this today, we'll come back to this tomorrow. I'll tell you that at the very beginning of this sugya, because the next segment of the Gemara is dealing with human beings. So we dealt with utensils. Very beginning of the sugya, I said we're dealing with dipping utensils. Stanley Cohen asked me, he says, which utensils we're talking about? Only the ones which are impure, which is the ones we've been talking about? Or even if you bought utensils from a non-Jew, that was the question. If you bought it from a non-Jew and you want to immerse, you want to dip those. That's the one for all intents and purposes. Our sugya, I hate to say it, is irrelevant to us today where we're not dealing with Tuman Tahara unless our sugya is identical with regards to the laws of taking from a non-Jew. Uh, so that issue, and I'm only going to read to you Shohan Aruch now, and we'll talk about the reason tomorrow. Shohan Aruch writes, well, he confuses us a bit more. Mutar lahatbil in siman shin kafgima sa'ivzayim, mutar lahatbil keli hadash ta'un tevila. First and foremost, he says, it's permitted to take a new item, new item, nothing to do with tumantara in that respect, it's in Hilchot Shabbat even. V'yesh osrim. 
He says, some permit and others prohibit. What's he basing himself on? He tells us in Beit Yosef, the Rishonim on our sugya, the Rif, the Rosh, and, uh, and others, and Harambam. Then he concludes, you want to be God-fearing? Make certain that you fulfill, but I need my utensil on Yom Tov. And you told me some people say I'm not allowed to. I don't know right now, as we stand, we don't know why. We just know there's two opinions. How can you fulfill all them? What you can do is you can take the utensil. I have my new uh, silverware. I forgot to dip them. It's Shabbat. I bought it from a non-Jew or from a non-Jewish company. And now I don't know what to do. Some opinions say I'm allowed to. Other opinions say I'm not allowed to. So be mahmir over here. Pretend you're not doing it that way. How so? Turn to the Kadama and say, I'd like to give you this as a present. You give it to them as a present, and then you say to them, either with a wink, can I now borrow it from you? So it belongs to them. Of course, after Shabbat, you might want to then uh, say, can I have it back? And then actually do the tevilah. But effectively, what you're doing is you're obviating, you're getting around the issue over here by saying it really belongs to them. Now, with regards to the halakha, we'll discuss tomorrow because it has to do with the rationale, but I will tell you, this halakha came into play. When did it come into play? Not so long ago, two, three years ago. You had to know halakha at the time when it was COVID lockdown time. Everybody was nervous for one reason or another about going to utensil, uh, the, to, to dip their items. They had new items for Pesach or for whatever. They asked, what are we supposed to do? My advice was shohan make it, give it to the non-Jew as a present, and then let them get, excuse me, uh, attend the matana, and then let them give, no, 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 you don't need to dip it. It doesn't belong to you any longer. You gave it to the non-Jew, and then the non-Jew is letting you borrow it. Okay, we'll come back and discuss this tomorrow. Baruch Amen, amen,